Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Economy is teetering on the brink of recession. German GDP, its largest component, is probably already shrinking. Italian bond yields are starting to rise again ahead of elections next month, which may produce a far-right populist government. Ireland is set to continue growing, but is not immune from the economic woe all around it. And all the while, the war in Ukraine is having a serious impact politically and economically. For a detailed look at all these issues, let's speak to Midge Raman, the Managing Director for Europe at the Eurasia Group. Good morning, Midge. Morning, Jeff. Thanks for um, joining us on the programme. Do you want to start with an overview of the European economy and how it is? It's not in great shape. It's not. I, I mean, I agree with the outlook that you presented. But what I would say, if we start with Germany, it's the most important. It's been scrambling to fill its gas inventories ahead of winter. And I think in preparation for the expectation, there will be more Russian supply cuts. They've obviously driven gas to high prices. And it's threatening a winter recession, in, in certainly in Germany, and prompting the government to implement more fiscal measures to mitigate the impact against households. But But the point to make, I think, is gas storage facilities are filled to more than 80%. There's a 75% target for 1st of September. There's a 95% goal for the 1st of November. And so Germany actually has done pretty well against this need to benchmark and and store and fill uh, gas inventories. And so... The, the, the worst case scenario, which is a level three emergency, severe rationing, that can actually probably be avoided in Germany. It doesn't mean the outlook still isn't concerning, not least in other member states. But the worst case scenario, a level three emergency, massive rationing across industries, I think that can probably be avoided. If that were to happen, it would severe, it would trigger a very severe economic crisis. But even then, I don't think it would undermine Germany's commitment to the war effort in Ukraine. And all the while, I'm staggered to see that they are continuing with plans to shut down their nuclear power stations, a decision taken after the Fukushima disaster a decade or so ago. It seems it seems unwise in the middle of the biggest energy crisis since the 70s to shut down a reliable source of energy. I mean, there's a very difficult internal debate within the coalition. I think this is a function of the nature of the new government we have in Berlin. There are three parties in power. They're all new to power. They're all new to working with each other in the context of a coalition under a leader that is not really willing to articulate explicitly and publicly a very strong position either on Ukraine or indeed these issues. Schultz, I think, prefers to lead from behind. Um, and so you're, you're seeing a lot of these very difficult debates in Germany, not just on nuclear, but also the question about what does its dependence on Russia mean for Germany's forward-looking relationship with China. There's a big debate across the different legs of the coalition over what Germany's future orientation towards China should be. And there's no clear or coherent answer. So as on nuclear, as on China, and as on many other issues, I think we're in a, we're in a new phase now politically within Germany. And you're seeing that reflected in the nature of some of the debates that are taking place and the lack of leadership and that filtering through to the European level. Yeah, the German leadership is, is, is certainly a bit lacking at the moment. Um, uh, certainly the Ukrainians will tell you that when it comes to the support that they're not getting from such an important country like Germany. Can we move to Italy? They go to the polls in a few weeks and it could be a far-right government. 
They could. No, look, you know, on Italy, I think so. it will be a far-right government. I think we have a fairly strong base case. If you look at the polls, uh, uh, you know, around a government led by the brothers and Giorgio Maloney, uh, probably the League will participate. Forza Italia, Berlusconi's uh, group will participate. Um, I actually think Ukraine is one area where government policy is unlikely to shift dramatically. The brothers has consistently maintained a very strong pro-NATO, pro-EU stance when it comes to the war and has consistently sided with the Draghi government on support for Ukraine, including military aid and sanctions against Russia. This is, I think, largely predicated on real politics, but also intended to build international credibility. The incoming government realizes, I think, to some extent, their need to build credibility with external partners. There's a lot of concerns about the nature of the government that's about to come to power. The League does have closer ties to Russia in the past, but, and they've been a bit more ambivalent on Ukraine, especially on the question of military aid, in an effort to leverage, I think, ambiguous public opinion within the country over the war effort. But it's so far avoided forcing the issue. And I think the picture will effectively be similar in the government. You'll have the brothers and Forza Italia championing a tough stance towards Russia and the league clamoring for a negotiated solution. Um, over and time, that could potentially, you know, Italy's support for the war over the medium term could waver. But in the short term, as the government emerges, I think that's unlikely. Well, one country that hasn't wavered in the support for Ukraine is the UK. It gets a new prime minister in about a week and a half. You call it a political risk? I mean, Joe, I think we've downgraded our outlook for the UK. So we think politics is going to have a negative impact on the business environment over the short and the medium term. Um, Look, I think the big question for Liz Truss is going to be what she's going to do on the cost of living. Of course, what she's saying on the campaign trail is not fit for purpose. There will be something of a trial by fire for her. There will be a quote-unquote fiscal event mid to late September. The big question is, can she get behind targeted interventions to support low-income households? And is she across the scale and the size of the problem? If you listen to the rhetoric from the campaign, one would suggest not. That would suggest she's not. But if you talk to people in Whitehall and and certainly people in the Liz Trust campaign, I think there is a sense that the government will do more. The question is what the intervention will look like. Does she get the scale of the problem? Once Truss is through the fiscal intervention, there'll be a big issue with the Northern Ireland Protocol Bill. The EU is effectively, I think, going to give the UK until the end of November to try and come to some form of a negotiated solution. Otherwise, there is a risk of an escalation between the two sides over this issue around the UK's lack of compliance implementation with the treaty it signed. So they're the two immediate issues that she's going to have to solve for. Then, of course, there are lots of other questions around um, the direction of her, her, her administration, her government, other challenges it will face as it heads into also a, a very difficult uh, year next year with inflation, you know, depending upon certain estimates, as you all know, well above 15%. So I think there yeah. is absolutely a, a, a big set of challenges that Liz Truss will face and big questions around whether Indeed. she will Indeed. be able to deliver on them. And, and and it's amazing how we're not even talking about whether uh, Rishi Sunak will win. Everyone's assuming that it will be Liz Truss. Midge, you're a gentleman as ever. Midge Raman there, the director of the Eurasia Group for Europe. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.